Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we continue to explore the devastating impact that cancel culture is having on our country. And James Collins begins a conversation with David Bay about the possible destruction of Saudi Arabia. This month, we're offering a special thank you gift, God's Promise Box. It's a beautiful painted canvas cloth box depicting the Lion of Judah looking over the holy city of Jerusalem. This box is filled with Bible verses that remind us every day of God's promises. Get your promise box for a gift of $100 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. Larry Spargimino comes now and continues his conversation with author Steve Strang about his new book, God and Cancel Culture. Just days before the 2008 election, after designating America as, quote, no longer a Christian nation, Barack Obama said, we are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Now, his wife, Michelle, echoed the same sentiment when she said, we're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place as a nation, close quotes. The cancel culture is part of the destruction of the America that we love and once knew. Steve Strang is back with us. We're going to continue talking about his new book, God and Cancel Culture. Steve, thank you so much for being with us. It's my privilege. Thank you. Your book is probably the most frightening book that I've read recently, and I read a lot of frightening books. But there is the hidden world of credit card processing. In your book, you speak about a pro-family group called SaveCalifornia.com. It was opposing radical sex change bills in the California legislature. It was shut down because of, quote, intolerant LGBT activism. So actually with the credit card system, I mean, they can control so much. They can cut off money to ministries. They can just manipulate us in any way they want. It is frightening, and that's why I wrote the book. There's a lot going on. Sometimes it's hard to connect all the dots to see the picture. So I try to do that. It's a huge, huge problem. And they try to shut us down in the public marketplace. You know, they cancel products like Mike Lindell's pillow because they don't agree with his politics. But, you know, when it gets to money, that affects all of us. And most of us use credit cards. We present it to pay a bill, and either it's accepted or rejected in a matter of seconds. Then there's this sort of behind-the-scenes way that the credit card companies and the banks settle up and then, you know, finally send you a bill. And the thing is that some of these banks and processors are a part of the radical left. They think it is right for them to shut down people they don't agree with. Well, if you're a student of Bible prophecy at all, you know that in the end times, the Antichrist is going to control if we can even buy and sell. And many of us thought, well, how could that happen? I mean, you know, I could talk about a lot of scenarios. You can grow your own food or, you know, you could do something. But in our society, boy, if you can't use a credit card, (laughs) it's just one step toward that happening. So in the book, I interview Nick Logan, who is the president of Cornerstone Systems. He's a personal friend. And he's come up with an organization that is on the other side. It's on our side. And, in fact, they created it partly so there was an alternative. Because, boy, if these companies shut you down, 
you know, I mean, there's a lot of ways financially that we can be shut down. Like, for example, if you don't have the right kind of credit, some bank won't do business with you, but you can go to another bank or you can improve your credit or something. But this has nothing to do with your credit. It has everything to do with ideology, and they don't agree with what we believe. And it's scary, and we've got to stand up to it. A lot of people would be unaware that this kind of thing happens. And so I use my book to talk about it and to talk about a lot of other very, very difficult, as you say, scary things that are going on. Well, you get into the whole issue of self-censorship, and you speak about the chilling effect that it has on authors and publishers. I mean, a single book that's banned, a video that's blocked, that sends a strong message to authors and film producers. So this leads to maximum suppression with limited responsibility. So self-censorship, I think the communists do it all the time. They don't exactly know what's expected of them, so they don't say anything. They're silent. Oh, that's awful. Well, Senator Rand Paul made a very impressive speech not too long ago. I saw it. He says, you know, there's more of us than them. They can't shut all of us down. We've got to stand up to them. Well, of course, that was immediately taken off of social media, but he's (laughs) right. They can't shut down, but they shut down a few big people like Mike Lindell. And so other business leaders say, you know what? I need to be able to sell my products through Walmart and Amazon. And boy, if I speak up in favor of election fraud or former President Trump or anything like that, they may shut me down. So Mm -hmm. I better be careful. It even affected my own company. As I told you in the previous interview, Amazon took one of our books off. They just took it off. We asked, we appealed, we did everything. They just said, they just took it off. And they're kind of mysterious about it, which makes everybody wonder, I wonder what I did wrong. You know, I need to be (laughs) careful about this. So when it came time to look at Dr. Stella Emanuel's book, Let America Heal, some of my own staff who are good professionals, most of them conservatives, I assume, said, oh, we better not publish her book. We Mm. may get canceled. Mm. And I think that self-censorship is the most dangerous kind of where we're all afraid to say anything. I've been to communist nations. I went to the Soviet Union before the Berlin Wall fell down. And somebody used the word picture about a chicken coop, I guess, where there's all these chickens and they all keep their head down because they know that if they stick their head up, it might get shot off Mm. or something like that. And that's what people do. We've got to be strong. The subtitle of the book, Guide in Cancer Culture, is Stand Strong Before It's Too Late. We have not lost our rights yet. The law is still on our side. The Constitution is still on our side. But it's eroding by the day, and there's even people that want to rewrite the Constitution. Do you think they're going to put freedom of speech and freedom of religion (laughs) in like our First Amendment has? Of course not. If there's some kind of constitutional convention and they start over, they're going to write it from a leftist, socialist point of view. We cannot let that happen. Amen. And that's one reason why I wrote the book. Amen. It's really a wonderful book, and I really want to say that. But you have a positive outlook. In fact, you point out that there are those speaking of a reality they call the next great awakening, the greatest revival in history. Now, I see what's going on to be satanic, demonic, and devilish. So my question to you is, what gifts has God given us to stand up for our rights? And tell us a little bit about Che An 
and also about Sean Foyt, the singer. Tell us about those ministries and the spiritual weapons that God has given us to fight this thing. Well, God has given us the Holy Spirit to fight the power of the enemy. And all these things we're talking about, the root is a spiritual root. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus has come to give us life and more abundantly. And there's been terrible things that have happened throughout history. Terrible things. Much more terrible than what we're experiencing now. And God always comes through. His word says all things work together for good to them who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. So if we believe the Bible about end times and all these other things, we've got to believe that scripture too. In fact, my original title for the book was All Things Work Together for Good. Mm. But then we realized that we'd almost have to have an explanation. It was going to be like things are like really, really bad, but you've got to believe that. So I called the last chapter in the book by that title. And there are people who are believing for spiritual awakening. There have been great spiritual awakenings throughout history. Things were terrible in Martin Luther's day. He and those who followed him made a real difference. It was a spiritual awakening that continues into our own day. There's other... You know, the Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, the Holiness Movement of the late 1800s, even the Jesus Movement in in our own lifetime. There's other examples. Now, I think there are Christians who think that revival's going to drop from heaven like the atomic bomb, but we also have examples, Sean Foyt, who you mentioned, he's an example. He's having these worship gatherings, and thousands of people are coming, and people are meeting in tents in places like California. Mario Murillo has had great success. We're seeing things happen where we never did before, so that's an example of all things work together for good. Also, people like Che On, he's a Korean-American who pastors in Pasadena. I've personally known him since 1985 and have seen his ministry grow. He's very influential in charismatic circles, has several hundred churches in his network of churches, has a very successful church in Pasadena. But he has always not spoken up about politics. I won't say he's been passive or anything like that, because he's really not, but he's just never gotten politically active. Well, when the government was going to fine them $1,000 per incident if they went to church per person to try to shut them down, he stood up sued them through the court system with Matt Staver and the Liberty Council. They won, thank God, and now he's going around the country trying to wake up pastors to see what's really, really happening and really to call for America. And it's also separating the wheat from the chaff. That's another good thing. All things work together for good. At my own church, attendance is pretty good, but I don't think it's quite up to what it was pre-COVID. Right. But you know what? The offerings have held up. That's wow. because the people who supported the church continued to give, and the people that weren't givers anyway have kind of gone by the wayside. There's all this cultural Christianity, all this passive, feel-good Christianity. Seeker-sensitive, sometimes right. they use it. People are not afraid to stand up to evil. But there are other people that are getting a backbone that never had a backbone before. That's yes. good as well. We have not lost. But it could get to a tipping point where it will go, and it'll just be too far, and it's just over. You mentioned Dr. R.T. Kendall's book, and by the way, he's one of my favorite authors. His book is We've Never Been This Way Before. 
He says, we as a nation are under judgment, but it is a gracious judgment. God is not trying to destroy us. He's trying to get our attention. I think that's really true because I see, for example, critical race theory being opposed by many parents in schools. I think people are waking up. People are saying, what's happening now? Some of the transgender stuff is being forced on kids. Little kids in kindergarten are learning about things they don't need to learn about. I know you believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of God, but we've got so many Christians today I think, who are under the sway of mammon. It's money. They don't want to risk this or risk that. They don't want to pray. They don't want to fast. They don't want to worship God. They don't want to honor God. I think we need to wake up as a whole. I agree with you, and hopefully some good things are happening, as I just mentioned, and I have so much respect for Dr. Kendall, and we have to wonder if a lot of what's happening isn't God's judgment, but God is a merciful God. He's promised that if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. You know, there's an awful lot of sin and compromise even in the Church, and we don't need to go into it. And we've got to clean up our own act. It starts with our own relationship with God, our own passivity. We can't just thump our chest and tell other people what to do. We've got to be able to do it ourselves. If we all do our part, if we all stand up, at the end of the book, I have some practical things. Yes. Most of them were things that were suggested to me by people I interviewed, because I interviewed over 22 leaders. I put the actual interviews on my podcast. I have Mm. a podcast called God and Cancel Culture. They can find it on all the platforms. Mm. God and Cancel Culture, same as the book. And I just did a little introduction and say, hey, I interviewed... Cheon or Greg Farrington or Rob McCoy or different people like that. And I used a lot of the information in the book, but a lot of it I didn't. And here is the interview. You know, it calls attention to the book and doesn't uh, turn my Strang Report podcast into a promotion. <laughs> That's one reason I did it. People may want to check it out on the Charisma Podcast Network. But I'm just doing my part. God has given me a platform, just yes. like he's given General Flynn, Mike Lindell, Certainly people like Donald Trump all have a platform. A lot of them have much bigger megaphones than I do, but I'm just trying to do what I can through what we do here at Charisma Media, through the books. I'll be on national television. I'm traveling the country. I'm very honored to be able to speak along with General Flynn and Mike Mm -hmm. Lindell and others at the Reawaken America Tour on the several that are upcoming. So I'm just trying to do what I can. But listen, this is not about me. This is about... All of us, your yes. listeners, listen, the people are listening to this, and they've listened this long, they're with us. A lot of people don't have hope. We can win. You know, God is bigger than the devil. The devil doesn't want us to believe that. And, you know, a lot of people on the left poo-poo that, you know, all this is just a bunch of superstition, and the Bible doesn't matter. And, you know, I grew up in the church. My dad was a preacher, so, I mean, it's hard Amen. for me to understand <laughs> people that have no background at all. But that's happening more and more in our country, and we need to wake up, and Christians have to defend religious freedom. The secularists are not going to do it because they don't think it's important. We know, or at least I believe, that our freedom to worship God is our fundamental freedom, and everything else, freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, freedom to govern ourselves, all come from that basic freedom to worship God who gives us all rights. The government does not give us rights. Yes. 
God gives us right. Amen. Amen. Well, this is a real call, I think, to Christian unity. You point out that in some ways Christians cancel each other in debates over non-essentials. There is no going backward if we want to remain effective and engaged. And then, of course, the truth is that the body of Christ is a big, diverse family, and we must choose to cheer one another on rather than get into circular firing squad. We're shooting at each other over things that don't count. And yet we've got the society, the world out there is trying to destroy us. We need to join hands and do what Jesus said about loving one another and respecting one another and honoring one another. I agree with you 100%, and thank God for ministries like Southwest Radio that has been championing this, I think all the way back to the Depression, I mean a long, long time. You have enormous impact in certain circles, just like I do, and we've got to join together. It seems like the left, who are very, very diverse, not everyone on the left agrees with each other, but they seem to stick together. Look how the Democrats stick together in Congress. They'll vote 100% one way. (laughs) you got the Republicans, and the Republicans I don't think are a whole lot better. To me, they're like Mm. Coke and Pepsi. They're so similar. (laughs) But they won't even stick together. And that's just one example. This is not about politics. I'm not involved in either political party, although I've been registered both as a Democrat and as a Republican. But it's just an example that the left sticks together. I call them the left. You know, they use names like wokeness. There's different degrees of left. This is more than just liberal and conservative. Mm, You know, there are some liberals you can live with. You just disagree with them and you debate it. But the left wants to suppress our rights. They want to control us entirely. And that is why I wrote this book, particularly because they're wanting to suppress our religious freedoms, our God-given rights, to me, that is the most concerning, that they're wanting to cancel. The end game is communism, which is always atheism, which cancels all religion, including or even especially Christianity. Yes, yes. Well, what a great honor, Steve, and a great, great book, God and Cancel Culture by Steve Strang. Thank you so much. It's always a delight. Thank you, Larry. God bless you. Be sure and get your copy of the complete two-day conversation with Steve Strang by calling 1-800-652-1144. James Collins comes now and begins a conversation with David Bay about the possible destruction of Saudi Arabia. Here's a story that has been buried by the mainstream fake news media. You won't hear this anywhere else. In the last few days, the Biden administration removed the United States' most advanced missile defense system and Patriot batteries from Saudi Arabia, even as the country faced continued air attacks from Yemen's Houthi rebels. The redeployment of the defenses from Prince Sultan Air Base came as America's Arab allies nervously watched the chaotic withdrawal of the United States troops from Afghanistan, including their last-minute evacuation from Kabul's besieged international airport. The U.S. pullout of Saudi Arabia gives the appearance that our government wants to actually bring Saudi Arabia down. Could the Biden administration's actions in Saudi Arabia have prophetic significance? 
Joining me on the Watchman on the Wall to talk about the situation in Saudi Arabia is David Bay, the director of Cutting Edge Ministries. David has produced a revealing DVD titled Bringing Saudi Arabia Down. David, thanks for being on the program with me today. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, let's talk about bringing Saudi Arabia down. This is an eye-opening DVD. Now, you present evidence of a conspiracy to overthrow the House of Saud without war. Would you just take a minute or so to elaborate on that for us? Saudi Arabia is located in the Middle East. And the Middle East is part of a supernation number seven, according to the 10-nation reorganization plan that the Illuminati is carrying out. America is part of... North American Union. That's where nation number one. But nation number seven has posed a real problem for the New World Order planners because it contains so many entrenched dictators. I mean, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia. Their goal is to remove these entrenched dictators so that when regional government number seven is produced, then none of the individual countries within that regional government can resist the surrender of their national sovereignty. The key with Saudi Arabia to bring her down is that it has to be done without war, and it has to be done without destroying the global economy. Toward that regard, the Pentagon put out a map called the Pentagon's New Map. They published it in the American Armed Forces Journal in their June 2006 issue. And lo and behold, when you look at this map, you will see that Saudi Arabia is going to be humiliated. In this map, takes away almost all her oil fields, takes away her access to any sea, whether it's the Red Sea or the Persian Gulf. She'll have no access. She will have lost control of the Islamic sacred sites, which is Mecca and Medina. She's going to suffer loss of territory to Yemen to Jordan. Jordan is going to become Greater Jordan. Shia Iraq is going to occupy a good part of her access to the Persian Gulf. Saudi Arabia is going down. The key there is to do so at a time when there's plenty of oil on the market. Can you step in and seamlessly make up the loss of 10 to 12 million barrels a day? Under Trump, we have done so. Under Biden, if the need is there, all he has to do is turn the spigot on a couple of pipelines he shut down, and the the oil is there. Well, let's talk about this Pentagon map. In this DVD, you present this Pentagon map with two different types of nations. First, there are nations who are already functioning in the new global system who are clearly and firmly going to function in that system. They're going in that direction. They're called the functioning core. And second, there are nations who are not now functioning in the system, and they're not likely to do so in the future unless they're kind of forced into it. So those nations are called the non-integrating gap nations. So help me understand that map and those two types of nations. The functioning core nations are nations whose economies are either now cashless or quickly going that way. And the non-integrating gap are countries that are backward enough that their economies are not now cashless, nor will they become cashless anytime soon unless they are boot-kicked into it. And that's the term of the author of the Pentagon's new map. So the idea is to invade countries or threaten to invade them or impose sanctions or take some action against them that will move them into the functioning core. That's the reason we invaded Afghanistan, removed that dictator. 
that's the reason we invaded Iraq, to remove Saddam. The West has removed dictators in Morocco, Egypt, Sudan. We've tried to remove Syria, but his forces were built originally with the idea that they could defeat the Israeli Defense Force. So they are more than able to defeat the ragtag armies that the West has sent against them. But that's the plan. So this so-called nation-building that we've been doing for the last 20 years in Iraq and Afghanistan really has nothing to do at all with nation-building. No. You're saying that Afghanistan had nothing to do with bin Laden and Iraq had nothing to do with Saddam Hussein having weapons of mass destruction, correct? Correct. Before we invaded Iraq, we were saying in our newsletters that Bush has not proven his case. He has not proven that there's actually a weaponized nuclear bomb. And, of course, we were right. In fact, a couple of years later, Bush was under some media pressure to come up with a real reason why we attacked Saddam, because there were no weapons of mass destruction. We found none. And Bush said angrily, well, Saddam was a bad man, and he had to go. Bingo! Removing the entrenched dictator. <laughs> and as far as Osama bin Laden is concerned, we noticed the newspaper report in a Pakistani newspaper that in January of 2002, the country's president, Musharraf, I think is how you pronounce his name, he stated that Osama bin Laden had died in late December of 2001 of liver failure. Hmm. On the surface, it seems like Saudi Arabia is an American ally. However, they have been a major supporter of terror for the last few decades. Isn't it true that 15 of the 19 9-11 terrorists were from Saudi Arabia? Supposedly. Let me explain. In 1994, Steve Jackson Games, which is a role-playing game like Dungeons & Dragons, put out a new game that became the bestseller for that year. It's called the Illuminati Card Game. There were four decks inside the kit, and each one had 25 cards. So there was 100 cards total in the original deck. Each card depicted an action that the Illuminati was going to take to overthrow this present world order so they could establish the new world order. One card there showed the Twin Towers under attack by an airplane. In fact, the North Tower was already under smoke, and the South Tower was about to be hit by a plane. The other one was... The Pentagon was on fire from the middle. Now, that was in 1994, my friend, seven years before the Twin Towers. You tell me what the truth is. I knew since 1995 that someday the Twin Towers were going to be attacked by the Illuminati and the Pentagon, and it was going to be used to overthrow this present world order. And then on 9-11-2001, here it comes. But we're being told it was the Saudis. Well, it certainly does seem like the stage is being set for the ten supernation confederacy that's spoken about in yeah. the book of Daniel. Yeah. We'll see the stage set for the rise of the Antichrist. All news today is driven by this drive to the New World Order, which by definition is the kingdom of Antichrist. Just remember that, especially since 9-11, the forces of the world have been moving very strongly to the final World War III that will bring Antichrist to the world scene. It is a fascinating DVD, Bringing Saudi Arabia Down. You can get a copy now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. David, thanks for being on the program with me again. Thank you. 
We have Steve Strang's brand new book, God and Cancel Culture, Stand Strong Before It's Too Late. This book documents what is happening in our country, how believers can respond, and why we can look expectantly to the future. God and Cancel Culture by Steve Strang is available for a gift of $25 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.